Bonjour et bienvenue à la Big Review Ski. Uh, la Grande Review Ski? Would that be, that be more accurate, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, I don't speak the language that you're <laughs> <currently> speaking, so, <laughs> but it sounds accurate. Yeah, uh, je m'appelle Owen, et there's Rory over there. I see How you're you also on? not a master of the I just, language I don't, I don't have all the words. I have some of the words, just a petite enough, amount of words. Just, a, just enough what? to sound impressive. Why am I bastardizing uh, the French language, Rory? Oh, God knows. Like, I don't think it's related to the film we're here to talk about, I think. What? No, I, I, I thought it was. No, I, like, I understand the connection. I definitely do understand because this movie is set in France, but I don't know what spurred on the sudden attack of someone else's language. So, yes, uh, we're here to talk about Stillwater, which is set in France, and it is a uh, powerful kind of drama, thriller uh murder mystery legal like a lot of different genres happening in this one um and it stars ireland's own matt damon uh, oh yes co-stars abigail breslin who people might know from little miss sunshine more than anything else uh camille cotton who i know you're a massive fan of because you are a massive fan of call my agent and oui, oui. it was written and directed by tom mccarthy who uh, is best known maybe for the oscar winning spotlight so we got to talk to all of them for this Can movie. Just, that, that's an amazing line of yeah. like Little Miss Sunshine, Spotlight are two of the the best films of the last like well, Little Miss Sunshine is probably older. What's that about ten to fifteen years old now? Well, as we speak to Abigail about about uh the the day I was talking to her, I think it was in that week was the fifteen year anniversary. Wow. <laughs> and then, as you said, uh, Camille Cotton, who is one of the stars of one of the hit shows of lockdown, essentially, where it helped loads of people uh, on Netflix, uh, Call My Agent. And then, as you said, uh, Matt Damon of the Dorky Damons, mm. I think, is uh, his family background, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely where that genealogy has ended up. Amazing. Um, okay, so Stillwater. So who have we got up first? Up first is Abigail Breslin. Um, she plays Matt Damon's daughter in this. She has been accused and found guilty of uh, the murder of her girlfriend in Marseille in France. She, 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 by the point we're introduced to her in this movie, she's already spent a number of years in prison, but she's still very much uh, you know, demanding that she's innocent and she wants her dad to help her uh, kind of still amass as much new evidence as possible. So she's got a minor but obviously very important role in this, and a lot of her scenes in the movie are basically within one of those... You see a lot of them in movies where it's uh, the visits between family members and friends and stuff, except in this it's a very claustrophobic room that the two of them are basically spending most of their time together in, Um, which to me isn't... isn't like the most fun setting to to do all your <laughs> stuff, but it, I suppose it does help you get across the 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 as much. I like it's almost like a two a two hand play, you know. Um, is that what they're called? A two hander? Yes, that's right. Um, that's the one. <laughs> it's like play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she talks a good bit about her, her role in this, um, and of course, as I mentioned, since it is that anniversary of Live of Sunshine, which is just like a ball of light and energy she has some nice things to say about just looking back on on that particular anniversary amazing so this is little miss sunshine abigail Breslin talking to mr sunshine himself rory cashin thank you abigail how are you doing 
I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Are you in Cannes at the moment? Yes, I am. It, it, that must feel nice. I feel, I feel like that's like the first big step towards film getting back to normal, like going to a nice big film festival like that. Yeah, it's, it's so exciting because, um, you know, uh, we filmed it in France and um, we always wanted it to premiere Cannes, but we just didn't know if that was going to be a possibility. So being able to, um, to sit with a full audience and um, be all together again was definitely a very exciting and hopeful moment um, towards uh, you know, nearing the end of all of this. There is, uh, there's one scene in particular in this movie uh, where I think you must, I don't know how the directors or whomever found it, like the, the most beautiful part of France I've ever seen. <laughs> Just where yourself and Matt have that scene away. Um, I, in your shoes on that day, I'd be making so many mistakes to make sure we stay there as long as possible. It's like, <laughs> oh, I think we should do another take here. Um, but like contrasting to the very, almost claustrophobic scenes that you have earlier in the movie? Was that mm-hmm. just like a breath of fresh air getting out to do those scenes? Well, actually, those were my first, the first day was um, at uh, Lake Colonk. So um, I hadn't been in the prison yet. So, uh, uh, but it was nonetheless just so exciting to be there. And it's such a beautiful setting. It's definitely not a hard day at the office shooting there, except for the scenes. They're, they're hard, but it's so beautiful. And then when you, so yeah, I guess like going into then the more claustrophobic almost, it was almost like a two-hander play where it's yourself and Matt in the, in the prison scenes. Like, did you have mm. much time to, because again, the space is so small that you're working in. Like, is, is there room for you to kind of do much more than I guess what is on the page? Um, no, not really. Um, but it, I think that that's what um helped so much is that it, it really did feel like caged animals and that that is what Allison feels like and so having those small rooms it's kind of it was actually kind of great because um you know you're used to being in a in a in a on a set with a, a huge crew and um getting to just be in there with just me and Matt and Masa uh RDP was kind of great because it it just felt much more authentic and genuine to real life. And you're going to have to forgive me because I'm, I'm not fantastic with pronunciations. Is it Lilo Siovaid? I It's uh, Lilo, uh, Lilo uh, Siovaid, I believe, I think. I don't know. We'll go with Lilo for, for first name anyway, but she's phenomenal. Oh, so amazing. Like, like as... as an actress who like kind of hit the ground running at such a young age, like, could you see, can you see the, like the, the, the pure talent in someone who's that young, like for her, this to be her first movie where you're like, holy. <laughs> oh yeah. She, she definitely, um, one up to all of us. Um, <laughs> uh, but she was, uh, it's, it's kind of shocking. I think she just has such a natural gift and, um, like no pretenses or, um, preconceived notions. Uh, she's not jaded yet. Um, so, uh, it, it was just unbelievably like, wow, just, she just blew me away. And, um, I, I just am obsessed with her. She's also the most adorable child in the world. <laughs> so it was, um, it was so, I wish I had gotten to work with her a little bit more, but just in those few scenes, I was like, okay, damn girl. <laughs> you, know? you got it. You, you got yeah. it. 
Uh, and I can't uh, miss this the opportunity because legitimately Little Miss Sunshine is one of my favourite feel-good movies. Oh, thank you so much. And it's 15 years old this month. Oh, which yeah, is, you're right. That's crazy. Uh, a nice anniversary. Like, I, like, for you, thinking now 15 years on, like, is there any kind of standout memories in, in making something that, like, I think so many people do love? I think just that. I think um, it's you know, been such a part of my life for so long now. Um, I, I just, it's it, uh, very rare that you get to do a film that um, so many people say has impacted them so much. And um, so having uh, just been a part of something that really touched so many people and brought them so much joy was, is just such an honor and a privilege. So um yeah, I, I just um, I'm always so grateful for it. It, it. You know, it changed my career for sure, and um, opened so many doors for me and gave me so oppor- so many opportunities. So I'm um, I'm just thrilled to be um, aligned with it. Fantastic, Abigail. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Have thank a good so day. Much. Enjoy can. I will. Thank <laughs> you so much. Up next, we have Tom McCarthy, and I know we've mentioned Spotlight before um, on in TV the introduction Spotlight. there, but. Uh, we of course that's what the film was about but I actually remember going to see that film and you know you, you always get people either they love staying and sitting through credits and other people who you know as soon as the film ends they're up and out of the seat and the lights aren't even on they're like get out of my way I'm getting out of my seat here um, and then obviously with fans of Marvel you know they're used to post credit sequences and all this kind of stuff but I always remember watching Spotlight in the IFI in Dublin and being rooted to the seat as they kind of they brought up all these lists of people and places all around the world um, that had been affected by these awful stories of uh, abuse. And then there was loads of Irish mentions oh, yeah. as well. Um, so Spotlight, for that reason and the fact that it's just a brilliantly made film, has always stayed with me as one of my favorites, as I said, for a number of years. Um, so I'm really excited to hear this chat with Tom McCarthy because I just think he's a brilliant filmmaker. Yeah, he's, he's, it's interesting. Uh, if you look at his CV, it's very eclectic. I think the one, the film he made directly after Spotlight was The Cobbler with Adam Sandler. <laughs> That's right. And it's terrible. So I think it's it's all, it's always like fascinating to me when a director is... He's won so many Oscars for a powerful film like Spotlight. And then he's like, do you know what I'm going to do next? An Adam Sandler <laughs> film. And you're like, okay. I mean, you do you. you go off. I mean, whatever. So, yeah. So, he talks a good bit about his new film, obviously, um, and, like, the inspiration behind it and how difficult, because as I mentioned at the top, there are about, like, five or six different genres tackling for dominance in as you're watching the film now thankfully it doesn't it's not messy where you're like what the hell like what are you trying to do like it is very kind of it's long enough that it allows each each of them to breathe but uh he does talk about like the difficulty of nailing that tone and uh he also we we did have a, a chat about uh spotlight and the specific irish reaction to it uh and how it's something that even to this day he's still very aware of Brilliant. Um, just for the record, there, I love Adam Sandler. So this is this is an Adam Sandler love Let, zone. I'm sure you love him too. I don't. I don't hate Adam Sandler. I oh, hate I've heard enough. Some, I've heard some <laughs> of his films are some of the worst films I've ever seen. 
But <laughs> that's fair I, enough. <laughs> some of his films are definitely some of the like more entertaining ones. So I think also the greatest is what you meant to say. No, 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 that's not what I said, <laughs> and it's not what I mean. <laughs> Well, listen, this isn't Adam Sandler, but this is fellow Adam Sandler lover, Tom McCarthy. <laughs> Tom, how are you doing today? I'm well, Rory. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. Are you in Cannes at the moment? I am. I'm in a Marriott in Cannes. Very nice. And that must feel like a, the first proper big step towards, you know, uh, the finality, I guess, of this. Absolutely. I, I hope so. And yes, uh, being here, being in a junket and, you know, most specifically just premiering the movie for 2000 people and seeing it on a big screen and getting a chance to share the film and in the country that we made the film, uh, that was a, that was a memorable night. Well, I have to not only congratulate you on, on this movie, but like your, your CV is uh, impressively eclectic in that you've, <laughs> there's, there's so few people out there who, would do a Pixar movie and then do Spotlight and then do a movie like this. How, like, what is it that kind of jumps out of you? Do you decide, right, this is what I'm going to spend the next portion of my life dedicated to? Well, exactly that, right? You spend a lot of your time and energy, you know, thinking about it, writing about it, making it, talking about it. You know, it's got to be something that you're interested in, something you can really invest your time and energy and feel excited about. And a movie like Stillwater has so many levels and themes and layers and, um, you know, that there was just a lot to chew on as a, as a person who likes to consider ideas and, and write about things. So all of that, for sure. And then, you know, the opportunity to come make a movie abroad, you know, I'm sort of, I feel like I'm marrying my two great passions, filmmaking and travel, and I'm folding them into one and to live in a city as unique and special as Marseille and to work with some really talented people, you know, obviously Matt Damon and Kemi Cotton and Abigail and Lilu, my whole cast, but just my, my crew and my producers and everyone. It's just like, you know, if I'm doing that creatively, I'll, I'll work till they take it away from me. And I, I have to say as well that uh, this film specifically, like there were scenes that it's, it, sometimes it feels like al- almost like a, a romantic comedy. Then there's f- scenes that almost feel like a, uh, like a legal thriller. And they do kind of segue so nicely from one to the next. There's no like abrupt kind of that was that tone and now this is this tone. Was that difficult to kind of corral? Was that something you did like as you were shooting it or was that something you found more? Well, it's something the writers, yeah. You know, look, I had an initial draft of the script many years ago that was a thriller and I I just didn't like the movie enough to direct it. And I reapproached it with two French writers, Thomas Bidigan and Noé Debray. And the three of us really hammered on this. You know, we really like started from scratch and we really were trying to fly, follow the flow of the story in the film and try to create something that was original. And the most important thing in, in sort of marrying these storylines and even genres elements were is tone, right? The tone has to be even throughout so that even if it does feel like a lighter romantic moment or a funny moment or a or a father-daughter moment, or like something that is both thrilling and suspenseful. You have to believe the tone. And we felt like for this movie to work, we really had to ground Bill and these in this world and these characters in reality. Like we had to believe how they met. We had to believe how we how version he took him in. We had to believe that Bill would go down this road and make these mistakes and ultimately make some really bad choices. We had to account for that. And that really started like when in grounding the film. And I felt like my biggest job as director is to make sure that the tone remains even now, even when the story changes rhythm and pace 
and and um, maybe even genre to some extent. Um, so, yeah, I think probably that was uh, that was one of our biggest tasks in this one. Well, I have to congratulate because it was it was done successfully. So, uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that very much. Um, and just as a final question, as I am calling from Ireland, I, I'm I'm wondering: Are you aware of the impact I guess Spotlight had on Irish audiences, particularly? Because I do remember going to see it twice in the cinema, and both times as the the end credits rolled and you see some of the locations at the end and they are based in Ireland like it, there were individuals in the screen who were like seriously impacted just knowing that that story was finally getting out there so I'm curious have you heard or have you felt any particular I, I have I get kept up to, you know I read a bit and then keep up with pace and people reach out a lot and I went over to Ireland you know as you probably know to do my press over there when it came out and I could just feel it in the conversations I was having with the press I was having after screenings people coming up to me and you know, there's been a real reckoning with the Catholic Church in Ireland, a place where the Catholic Church held a lot of sway and still means a lot to a lot of people. And I think um, it's a struggle, right? And But to see that sort of, to feel like I had some small part in that, you know, movement, for lack of a better word on it, is, um, it's it's very heartening. I, you know, it was a wonderful experience and, um, and dealing with a very painful issue. And so I, I take that seriously. And uh, I moved to know that it had some impact. Fantastic. Tom, thank you so much for your time today. Now, is your station Joe? It's joe.ie. Yep. I love that. (laughs) Well, nice to meet you. You too. Have a good one. Have a great day now. Okay, I'm excited about this one. As we said, uh, I loved Call My Agent, mm. uh, French television series that was added to Netflix. Roy, have you seen any of Call My Agent? No, no. And uh, you pointed out to me a, a massive reason why I probably should have seen Call My Agent because it features oh, yeah. my favorite actress of all time, mm-hmm. uh, Sigourney Weaver. So I will get around to it. I think I just, during lockdown, I know a lot of people, so people went one or two ways. You we're like, I'm going to watch all this new stuff and I'm going to fill my life with loads of interesting new things. Whereas I regressed and was like, I'm just going to watch yeah. Parks and Rec over and over again until I feel better. <laughs> so, yeah. And look at us both now. We're both happy and healthy and not crying every single night to sleep. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's it's so fine. So call my agent. Uh, a lot of people will know Camille Cotton as one of the main agents in that show. She plays Andrea Martel, and she is a fantastic uh, actor as well. Fantastic. I'm just going to resist the urge to you know to change every word into French or even just every seventh word uh, into French. It doesn't but, sound uh, like yeah, you're resisting. <laughs> you're you said fantastic. <laughs> I, just, I just can't help myself. Oh. Okay, so how how was Camille? She's fantastic. She uh, she in the movie is she's a local at Marseille and she's a sort of a neighbor from Matt Damon. And initially they do not get on, but soon she realizes the the very unique situation that he is in, and she's got such a big heart that she can't help but try to help him. Uh, initially as a translator, and then uh, just almost as a a local from Marseille is like you you're okay to go to this area because it's fine but maybe don't go to this area after dark because you may get robbed and or killed mm-hmm. um so yeah so she talks a, again a good bit about her role in this <clears throat> her scenes with Matt Damon um I do talk a little bit because she's in House of Gucci later this year the new Ridley oh, Scott one yes. and obviously mm-hmm. there's a connection there because Matt Damon's in The Last Jill which is out uh I think within a month 
of Gucci. So we've got two big Ridley Scott movies in in the space of a month. Because he's 184 now, and he just keeps churning out these not, amazing epic films. And not just like, like I remember, I know we, we're not supposed to talk about him anymore, but like Woody Allen would do a film a year, but all his films were like yeah, yeah. teeny tiny dramas. Yeah, 86 minutes long. Yeah, just yeah. in and out. Whereas Ridley Scott's like, I'm going to do this massive historical epic, this war thing, and then four weeks later, I've got a murder mystery set against the most glamorous family in Italy, you can imagine. So... Yes, she's in House of Gucci, and I was like, is it going to be the most beautiful film of all time? Because <laughs> everyone in it is beautiful, and also it's about Gucci, and also Ridley Scott makes everything beautiful. And we have a brief chat about which Irish superstar she would personally cast to join the ranks of Call My Agent. Oh, sacre bleu. <laughs> Camille, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. It's the last day of um, uh, talking about this beautiful movie for the moment in Cannes. So. Well, congratulations on that. I, I will, I will get, we will get back to it. But first all right. of all, I want to singularly thank you for helping so many Irish people get through the lockdown. Thanks to Call My Agent. I cannot tell you how many people over here love that show and completely like blitzed it during the last few months. Wow, that's great. That's great. Uh, are there, are there, would you say there are any particular Irish stars you'd love to get on as a, as a guest for Comedy Agents? Would you like to see Sir Sharon or Colin Farrell or anyone come on? Killian, uh, Killian Murphy is a bit Irish, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep, he's one of ours. I would be delighted to welcome him on set. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll say this is, this is his official invitation to take part. <laughs> I can trust you to deliver the invitation. Absolutely, we, we all just live around the corner from each other here. It's it's no problem at all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on on this movie. Uh, it was it's such an interesting dynamic yourself and Matt having this uh, from the initial meeting where you know you don't like each other to how it ends up. Um, did you and Matt have a lot of time to kind of work out the kinks of your particular relationship in this? No, it was really like we worked on it. We we shot chronologically, so it really it, it followed the path of the story. And literally, when I knock on the door to say hi, my name is Virginie. What's your name? It was our first scene together, and we hadn't met before because we had a one week of working at the table with Tom. Mm-hmm. So this really helped, like entering the scenes and discussing and building it together. And then it was just you know we followed the storyline, so it was really nice to move that way because we use reality well i have to um mention as well i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing it incorrectly is it lilo 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 she's phenomenal phenomenal yes i would like probably one of the best younger actors i've ever seen yeah it's it's i've 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 worked with children a lot and they made amazing performances but it's true that lilo has something that but it's beyond the acting. It's like her personality is very special because mm. she has an, an energy, which is, she's, she's a child. There's no, there's no question about that. There's nothing like uh, maturity would, would be too, too early or no. But the, the, the soul, her soul is, is, is so wise that there's something in there that's not completely normal. <laughs> I think. It, it confirms the sacred uh, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Plus, when you see someone that young, that talented, you're like, "Oh, I see. You've just you've just been gifted with an incredible uh, talent at such a young age." It's just, 
it's just phenomenal to see. Um, and before you go, because I, I have to ask, because Ridley Scott was recently in Ireland with Matt Damon filming yeah. The Last yeah. Jewel. Yeah. Uh, and you recently worked with him for House of Gucci. And I, I am curious, considering the film and considering who's involved, is it just the most beautiful film that's ever been made? Which one? What? House of Gucci. Just considering like the topic, like it's all fashion and it's Ridley Scott making it like it's, it's, it must be the most beautiful film ever. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but what I saw on set was pretty beautiful. Yes, I have to confirm. Okay, well, I'm very much looking forward to seeing you in that as well. Uh, and I'll pass the word along to Killian for the next round of Call My Agent. Thank you. No Thank problem. You. Consider me his agent for Call My Agent. All right, you, you get 10%. <laughs> you know, the, the original title is 10%. Of so. course. So all works out for me. That's what it's worth. Thank you so much for your time today. Killian goddamn Murphy. Is there anybody in the world who doesn't love that man? No, and the thing is, if he decided to play it French, I'd believe it because <laughs> he he like he, he just throw a scarf on him and some t- teeny tiny sunglasses, and you're like, well, that's a Frenchman. <laughs> so he is the most French-looking Irishman of all time, for yes. sure, for sure. Uh, and yeah, so and Gucci, my goodness, if that isn't the most beautiful film ever, then something something has gone wrong along the way. I feel like. I feel like you're relying on this being an incredibly good-looking film, all right? Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. Why not? It's just what I want. I just like looking at beautiful things. Yeah. Speaking of beautiful things, uh, it's now time for the one, the only, Mr. Matt Damon. And yes, I know, like, the way I imagine this, because obviously a lot of interviews are taking place over Zoom because yes. of the way the world is, and it's probably going to be that way for quite a while. But I imagine whenever you logged on and sitting opposite you was fellow Irishman Matt Damon and the two of you just broke into, you know, oh my God, like your natural Gaelic tongue and, uh, well, easy, and welcomed each other uh, in that way. But I'd say his, it's one of two ways. His eyes either light up at the sound, oh my God, another Irish journalist is going to ask me about my time in Ireland, or he has a genuine affection for the people of Ireland. Yeah, like I did, I, I, I think I mentioned it to you, I was like, forever now, you know, when I'm mar- when anyone does anything, comic book movie, like or Star Wars even, that's it for the rest of their career. Like every single <laughs> question is like, are you coming back to do another one? What are you in the next one? Blah, 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 blah. So for Matt, I imagine any time he ever speaks to an Irish journalist ever again, like that's, that's it. You're just like, are you in yeah. Ireland? Do you love Ireland? Tell me how much you love Ireland. What's your favorite chipper? <laughs> um, now having said that, that's exactly what I did too. Like I, you can't not, of course. especially because <laughs> it was so recent. Um, I wouldn't expect anything less from you. But I, we did find, uh, we did a little bit of journalism beforehand that we Go did on. find uh, a different angle, I guess, more than just like, tell me how much you love us. Tell me how you love Ireland. <laughs> what was in the super you love value Ireland bag? so much, you want to kiss it. But uh, yes, we had a different, little bit of a different angle for uh, a specific Irish talk, which you'll hear at the top. Um, and he also talks about some stuff within this film, uh, specifically, uh, how will I put it, political leanings and maybe mm-hmm. some Trump-isms and some Trump uh, parallels and stuff like that. So that, I thought that was very interesting. And at the end, uh, you know, ironically, considering I mentioned the comic book stuff, we do discuss his comic book appearance 
and the potential future of appearing. I just realized I did exactly what I complained about every journalist doing when they're in a comic book movie. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm going for the bingo card with Matt Damon. Ireland, comic books, America. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing today? I'm great, Rory. How you doing? I'm good. It's great to speak to a fellow Irishman. <laughs> uh, I don't thank know. You, by the way, I think if even I'll, I'll even accept honorary status. I, I, that that would be a, a, a real uh, honor and privilege. I think at this point, I think it's beyond honorary. I think it's it's, <laughs> it's been bestowed upon you. I don't know if you uh, are even aware of this. There's there's a bar in Dawkey that have created a new cocktail called the Matt Damon. Stop it! Really? Yep. Oh my God, that's awesome. Would you like to know the ingredients of the Matt Damon? Uh, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> so we've got gin, Cointreau, okay. Okay. pink grapefruit, <laughs> lime, and mint. Ah, it sounds, sounds very, very light and summery. Yeah, like I could, like, I could see people ordering a Matt Damon over the summer. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, a nice summer, a nice summer beverage. <laughs> well, I have to congratulate you on, on this movie. It was... Um, it was such a kind of, it hit me in a few different ways. Every, I felt like every actor was like, I think I've got a handle on this. And then the carpet was kind of pulled out from under me. And I appreciated not always knowing where the film was going. Yeah. Um, did you have like a similar experience when you were, when you were going through it? Yeah, it's one of the things I loved about it. And it's one of the real good reactions we're getting throughout Europe is, is, you know, cause, because in that sense, it feels more like a European movie and, and, uh, you, you can't predict where it's going, um, but uh, you, so but if you give way to the ride, it's it's a good one. Um, but yeah, that was definitely like one of the uh, one of the things I responded to when I when I read it. And one of the things I did pick up on in terms of it being feeling like more of a European movie was the European characters' reactions to your character. In that, like, there was one very pointed conversation where it was someone basically asked, "Did you vote for Trump?" Right, right. And that that does feel like in a like having filmed in Europe. Did you have that perception of how people kind of view Americans, and that it can be either you're a Trump supporter or you're not? Yeah, sure. And um, and what's interesting to me about that moment is Bill is from such a specific place and does such a specific thing as a, as a roughneck and oil rig worker. Right? He it's such a particular guy, such a specific type of guy that he's looking at them like. It's, a, it's an incredibly naive question from these kind of cultural elite in France, right? He, he's like, you know, Oklahoma is the reddest state in our union. I mean, if it's not the reddest, it's the second reddest. But, they, you know, these guys work in the oil fields. Like, they're going to vote Republican every time, all, all down the line. I mean, they view it as a binary proposition. Like, I, like I, you, you know, this is, I, I need to take care of my kids. So I'm going to protect my job. And that's it. Like, you know, so it's an interesting moment because, you know, it's like the ways we see each other and the ways we don't see each other. And uh, um, but like Bill makes no apologies for it. He says he says, no, I didn't. But because I was in prison, like, yeah. And that's how I found these roughnecks when we went down there and hung out with these guys. Like I, I we had a great time and I really, I, you know, because we would good naturedly rib each other about politics. But it didn't go further than that. Like. You know what I mean? It, it was, it, and again, it was like that constant reminder I have whenever I go do these research trips. Like, what what binds us and connects us is so much greater than what divides us. 
Um, we just need to stop listening to the politicians telling us that we're all divided. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, well, being from Ireland, I agree. Um, and one final one, just in the way, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, we have, we are in the middle, well, I'm in the middle of ending a Loki podcast where we're just breaking down the show Loki. Yeah. And obviously as someone who famously once sort of played Loki, <laughs> I am like, have they, did they approach you at all about doing the Loki show? No, that might be too meta for for my Loki to pop in on the other Loki show. Actually, also because in the last Thor movie, I did a cameo where I played an actor playing Loki. Yes. That Loki, the Tom Hiddleston Loki. So that would be too many Lokis. I don't think, I think that would confuse everybody. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Congratulations again on the movie and look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, Rory. Thanks, man. The Matt Damon sounds delicious, as does actual Matt Damon as well, but I can't wait to try that drink. Yeah, as he says, it does sound quite summery. So it is tis the season to head to Docky and find that bar and find that cocktail and just gulp it down, mate, you know? Do you think they'd ever name a drink after you? I I have a cocktail named after me. What are you talking about? Yeah, I've, I have a cocktail uh, called the Cachin Mezcal that someone invented what? for me. You and Paul Mescal? No, it's no, it's named after the the thing that's like Paul Mescal. It's yeah. named after the thing that's like tequila, Mezcal from normal people. Yeah, I know him. Okay, <laughs> I yep. got you. It's myself I and got Paul. You. Well, that we, one <laughs> we share. We share that one. That sounds uh, also very very tasty. Tell me this, Stillwater. Um, it just struck me there. Well, first of all, when is the film out? When can people actually go and see Matt Damon and his uh, pals in action? It arrives in Irish cinemas Friday sixth of August. Okay, lovely stuff. And I was trying to remember. Do you remember an almost famous? Yes. The band. Yes. That Billy Crudup is the the lead singer of. Are they? I think they're called Stillwater. Well, they're named I'll after. Aren't they name. named after the town they came from? I think Very possibly and that's well, that that's the name of this. It, it's also named after the town he's from in America. Ah, uh, right. Okay, then that's very so. This and almost famous are in the same shared cinematic universe. Precisely, it, it all makes his, this it is all the makes sense now. Matt Cinematic Universe, the MCU mm-hmm. for short. Nice, I like it. I don't think anybody else has used that. Well done. <laughs> um, listen, as ever, Roy, you have been uh, magnifique. So merci beaucoup, and everybody, please. Uh, Let's subscribe. Let's subscribe. See if play. Okay. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye bye now. Au revoir. Adios. No. What?